Greetings, I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All Is Said and Done. Welcome. After all is said and done, then we will know, won't we? But perhaps we can know now, if we choose to. There is a new rule with regard to legislation that has a chance, (laughs) a very, very small chance of improving the lot of numerous girls and young women in this nation. But I say it, it only has a glimmer of a chance The President Trump administration, its Department of Health and Human Services, proposed a rule to update so-called compliance with legal requirements of Title X family planning so-called programs. And there has been an enormous, concerted, orchestrated backlash against this, vilifying it. And it has come forth from the major media. And when I say the major media, I'm not just talking about the national network news organizations that used to have a stranglehold on news delivery in this nation, but I mean also prominent online publishers. And they have greatly vilified this as being anti-woman and that it is undermining the right, the unassailable, holier-than-thou right for women and young women to be ruthlessly preyed upon, exploited by doctors and medical professionals who have prostituted themselves to commit the most vicious, heinous, premeditated murder of the only innocent members of our society, the only wholly innocent members of our society, that is, preborn babies. But this rule change, which is so horrendously long overdue, includes a new regulation purportedly ensuring protection. It doesn't, but ensuring protection for women and children who have experienced sexual abuse or molestation, incest, rape, intimate partner violence, and human trafficking. Now, as I mentioned on the previous program, I am making a change (laughs) with regard to how I report on some things. Normally, generally speaking, I simply reference news coverage that is out there in the galactic universe 
that stories that are being covered and being beat to death, as it were, all with the same typical slant and misinformation, disinformation, at least from the major media, commenting on them, but in contrast to how they are typically covered. But referencing those stories generally and then speaking specifically to them from myself, the mind and the spirit that God has invested me with. That being said, I read a column and an article at the Daily Signal, which is online publication of the Heritage Foundation, and I requested permission from them to make use of material from time to time of columns and articles within the context of these programs. And I was granted such permission. And so in the previous program, I referenced a column and an article from the Daily Signal. What I am referencing right now was more of an op-ed piece, a commentary by Representative Glenn Grothman, and he is a Republican who represents Wisconsin's 6th Congressional District. So, Congressman Grothman, I may be mispronouncing his name. I'm not reading verbatim from what he wrote. I'm not quoting him, but nonetheless, this is source material that I am referencing and commenting concerning. Again, from the Daily Signal of August 7th, 2018. The headline of which is, New Title X Rule Will Hold Planned Parenthood Accountable on Reporting Abuse. Uh, Which, (laughs) no it won't. No it won't. There's no rule, there's no law that is going to succeed in causing evil people and evil organizations to do right. It doesn't work that way. The best you can do is to restrain evil. But uh, anyway, punish evil, restrain evil, prohibit evil, and to do so in part. But the Title X program is a grant. Program. It provides federal funds that have been extracted from citizens, from taxpayers. It was originally authorized in 1970, so predating the Supreme Court's abominably wicked, evil, monstrous decisions of Roe v. Wade, Doe v. Bolton legalizing induced abortion. Authorized in 1970 and administered by the Office of Population Affairs at Health and Human Services. 
And this is a classic case where legislation, laws that were created previously are then exploited and perverted to be used for great evil. (laughs) And so it has been. So that the taxpayers of this nation, many of whom are Christians, many of whom recognize the evil of induced abortion, which all people should recognize, despite their beliefs, despite their convictions, despite their morals and their mores and their outrage at the evil of induced abortion being legalized, their tax dollars are redistributed to the number one abortionist organization in the world known as Planned Parenthood. The organization which, in its history, its illustrious history, dates back to Margaret Sanger as terrible a racist and evil, hateful, anti-woman, anti-child, anti-family, anti-God, anti-Christ creature as has ever crawled the face of the earth. And the single greatest, and I use that term greatest very liberally here, the single greatest mass murderer of all time. But back to this rule change with Title X. This proposed rule would require Title X grant recipients to comply with state and local reporting laws which would require annual training, pardon me, annual training for staff at Title X clinics, <laughs> including these abortuaries, these abortion mills, huh? ensuring that they have a site-specific protocol in place to protect victims and provide counseling to minors on how to resist attempts to coerce them into sexual activity. Well, that is so wonderful. What about those who are being raped routinely, habitually, hmm? and who are impregnated by the rapist and are brought to Planned Parenthood abortion mills, grist mills, abortuaries, and then they're going to receive honest, honorable, Counseling. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, this thing is a pipe dream, is what it is. It's, it's not to say it's a bad thing, this rule change, but it's not going to make a difference. It's simply not. You're not going to compel evil people and organizations to do right. It just doesn't work that way. But dear old Planned Parenthood, which rightly has been titled Planned Baronhood, 
has committed these evils for so very, very, very long of facilitating, of enabling the rape, the enslavement of girls and young women. Incestuous rape, rape by enslavers, rape by kidnapper, rapist enslavers, and so forth. It's a wonderful pro-woman organization, which all of the progressives love dearly. All of the breast cancer awareness organizations have been in bed with for decades and decades, most notably the Susan G. Komen Foundation, which is, of course, the cause celeb not only of corporate America and has been for decades, but of the United States government that has poured a huge amount of money into their coffers via instruments such as breast cancer awareness stamps that they charge significantly more for than the actual postage of the stamps, and they provide all of these additional funds above and beyond the cost of postage to Susan G. Komen Foundation. But... In 2004, just a few examples of dear old Planned Parenthood, hard at work. 2004, a 16-year-old girl who was being raped by her father. Perhaps he was a stepfather, I don't know. But by her father, was taken to a Planned Parenthood facility in Ohio, in the great state of Ohio, to have an induced Induced abortion, okay? Just to make it very plain what we're talking about here. This is not miscarriage. Every successful induced abortion is murder of a preborn baby. As I've mentioned before, even though abortionists are always paid for their work, they don't always actually commit an induced abortion. Sometimes, (laughs) in the cases, for instance, where young women and women of childbearing age have an ectopic pregnancy, a tubal pregnancy, the abortionist will perform a DNC abortion And without actually doing anything to stop the abortion, to stop the pregnancy, pardon me. And the baby will continue to grow in the fallopian tubes. And this can result in the death of the young woman or the girl or the woman of childbearing age. And the reason that this kind of thing and this kind of disastrous result can occur is because of the whole ruse of induced abortion serving the health interests of girls and young women and women of childbearing age. 
if such a girl or young woman or woman was instead examined at a hospital and given ultrasound, it would be determined that the pregnancy was a tubal pregnancy, but or an ectopic pregnancy, if you prefer. But anyway, I digress. So, this 16-year-old girl who was being raped by her father, stepfather, or whatever, was taken to this Planned Parenthood abortuary, abortion grist mill in Ohio. Daddy wanted this baby aborted. She reported to the staff, this wonderful medical staff of this Planned Parenthood facility, she reported to them that she was being raped. But, surprise, shocker, Planned Parenthood refused to report the rape to authorities. December 2013, in the great state of Arizona, a Planned Parenthood counselor intentionally coded a rape as a consensual encounter. She explained to the victim, purportedly explained, that reporting would be too much of a hassle, too much of a, an inconvenience to them. So, these are not remotely isolated incidents. This is daily, daily evils that are committed by Planned Parenthood. Along with their myriad evils of slaughtering these babies exploiting the mothers, rapaciously violating them. And so many of these wonderful abortionist doctors have themselves abused, molested, and raped girls in their abortion clinics. But but even with this wonderful legislation, what's going to happen? Well, Planned Parenthood, is it going to train its staff to identify sex traffickers, rapists, and so forth, and to help rescue the victims? No, no, that's not the way that they roll, no. But what is Planned Parenthood currently doing? What has it been doing as of late? It's been training its staff to identify undercover journalists who are attempting to investigate the evils of Planned Parenthood. There was a study by the Loyola University Chicago Beasley Institute for Health, Law, and Policy. And it found that Planned Parenthood was one of the most visited care providers for sex trafficking victims. 
sex trafficking victims. We're talking about girls that have been kidnapped, raped, and prostituted. Kidnapped, raped, and enslaved as sex slaves. And guess what? Planned Parenthood is number two most visited health care provider after emergency rooms. And yet they, for all of their existence, have refused to do anything, to lift a little finger to protect any of these girls. And instead, they have actively done everything in their power to assist and enable these destroyers. Wonderful, charitable organization. Such a worthy recipient of taxpayer funds, especially the funds of God-fearing, godly, God-honoring people, compassionate people who care about the suffering. But... You see, these sex traffickers typically have absolute control over their victims. And the only chance to reach these girls, rescue them, is typically in these fleeting encounters with health professionals at places such as these Planned Parenthood abortuaries. Well... Various, again, online publishers, heavyweights in online publishing, such as Slate Magazine, the Huffington Post, they have just been ripping the Trump administration's proposed rule as being harmful to women. Yeah, their hearts are in the right place, eh? So, again, I did not (laughs) share... (laughs) What uh, what Glenn Grothman is saying, okay, but rather referenced material from his column, his article, his commentary, but my conclusions are not the same as his. This rule change, I should go on to say that uh, in addition to requiring recipients of funds under Title X to maintain physical and financial separation from abortion facilities, <laughs> like that's going to happen. <laughs> Planned Parenthood is going to separate itself from its abortuary uh, facilities, right? And then... Uh, also prohibits them supposedly from referring directly for induced abortions, but they would be able to provide a list of licensed, qualified, comprehensive health service providers, including those that provide abortion, which, of course, all of these abortionists claim that they are. You know, that they counsel and they they do all of these other things, you know. Of course they do. So, great good stuff. Uh, (laughs) This, again, well-intended legislation. 
Uh, it won't cut it, but it's well-intended legislation. Now, in before I go further, let me just mention, I am Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. And whatever's right and true and good and accurate in this program is thanks to God Almighty and His Holy Son, Jesus Christ. And whatever's wrong, lacking, erring is due to me. Well, in the previous program, I happened to mention about dear old Andrew Cuomo. And that was not what I referenced in terms of Andrew Cuomo. I'm just picking, you know, strands, shreds here and there, and not from the Daily Signal. But dear old Andy, Andrew Cuomo, he said, we will reach greatness when discrimination and stereotyping against women is gone and every woman's full potential is realized and unleashed and every woman is making her full contribution, whatever that is. Okay, But he preceded that by saying, quote, and again, this is his wording, quote, We're not going to make America great again. It was never that great. We have not reached greatness, end quote. We will, and then quote, we will reach greatness when every American is fully engaged, end quote. No, he's not talking about engagement for marriage. But then again, he goes on to say, and I'm just going to repeat it because it's so great. Uh, Quote, we will reach greatness when discrimination and stereotyping against women is gone. And every woman's full potential is realized and unleashed. And every woman is making her full contribution, end quote. Absolutely. We need to have every woman... In the workforce, we need to have every woman out there in the collective communes, laboring in the fields, laboring in the mines, laboring in the factories. Then we will have reached greatness like the former Soviet Union and communist China and communist North Korea and every other communist regime you could name. Then we will have arrived. Yes. Or when every woman's full potential is realized and unleashed and every woman is making her full contribution. I don't know what that's going to entail in terms of federal funding for every woman so that they can all reach this, you know, the Shangri-La of self-actualization. The psychological term uh, for this, but... How many men in this nation would like to reach their full potential, like to realize their full potential and be unleashed and make their full contribution? Contribution to what? Contribution to serving God or contribution to serving the nation, the federal government, which is so righteous and godly, and the state governments, which are so good and godly because they are governed by the likes of Andrew Cuomo. 
How many men? If you go back, way back, to the days preceding the war between the states known as the Civil War, so very many of the Confederate States of America soldiers were white, impoverished, small farmers. Not slave owners, not large estate slave owners, not plantation owners. Small farmers. So many of them. You would never know it from all the wonderful revisionist history that insists that the exceedingly heroic officers, leaders of the Confederate States of America's armies, that they were traitors and all of this, and vilifies them. You would slanders them and libels them. You would never know. Stonewall Jackson, Thomas Jonathan Jackson, didn't want any part of this <laughs> war. Robert E. Lee didn't want any part of it, but they were not willing to sit by while the people of their states were violently trodden underfoot by the wonderful federal government. And so they took a stand. Oh, but they're terrible traitors. Well, the men, so very, very, very men, many of the men of the CSA or Confederate States of America were men who, guess what? They didn't have any hope or dream of reaching their full potential realizing their full potential, having it unleashed and making a full contribution. They were trying to make a living for their wives and children, their families and loved ones. And then fast forward to the times of the war of the world, <laughs> the Great War, World War One which was the war to end all wars, and then moving on up to World War II, and then the Korean War, and then the Vietnam War, and then the Persian Gulf Wars, you know, Acts 1 and 2, and so forth. How many men in the United States of America get to realize their full potential? How many? Well, Andrew Cuomo would have us believe all of them. And they are actively oppressing the women. He doesn't bother to say here that the women are not a minority. He says 51% of our population. But he wants to keep them in a minority status, you know. They are the oppressed, the downtrodden. Why is that? He's a politician. He is a pandering, demagogic politician who has not been known for his wonderful 
compassion towards women throughout his life. Uh, referencing the likes of the biography, The Contender. But instead, what has he been notable for, really? What has stood out? What has been noteworthy about Andrew Cuomo? His exceeding ambition. Ambition for self-glorification, self-promotion, self-aggrandizement, self-glory, position, power, and what have you. He married one of the Kennedy girls, and he was enamored with the status, the stature of the Kennedy family, even though it seems as if he rather loathed them. (laughs) But anyway... This is who he is. According to uh, the contender, he, the reason, it is opined that the reason that he wanted his father, the late governor of New York, a late great governor of New York, of the great state of New York, the Empire State, Mario Cuomo, the reason that he wanted him to be nominated to the Supreme Court was to get him out of the way so that Andrew could succeed him to the governorship. Well, maybe that's true, maybe it's not. But in any case, he is pandering, desperately pandering to the women to show that he is this great champion of women. But it's what all of the male Democrats do that are seeking political office. It's what all of the female Democrats do. They all claim to be great champions of women, great champions of children. It's for the children. And they are just these courageous, courageous freedom fighters for women who will go down to their death fighting for the right for women And young women and girls to be viciously, ruthlessly, monstrously, rapaciously exploited by these medical professionals who have prostituted themselves to commit evil for personal gain. But interestingly enough, what is so funny about dear old Andy here, Randy Andy, (laughs) <laughs> you know, no, I'm not referring to Prince Andrew. Uh, but what's so funny about it is here that he immediately was criticized by various people, including Cynthia Nixon. No relation to Richard Milhouse Nixon and uh, his children. No, Cynthia Nixon of Sex in the City. Cynthia Nixon, who recently... I know sometime fairly recently uh, announced to the world that she was a lesbian, but she is his competition. She is running for governor of New York against this great incumbent. And she, oh, anyway, so I can't help but uh, share a couple things that she said. And she, she said that his that his statements here, this speechifying by him, uh, that this is intended to fend off her challenge of him. 
She has claimed the Cynthia effect. Oh, she is such a powerhouse, this woman. Uh, The Cynthia effect has pressured him into moving to the left. (laughs) And that he's pretending to be a progressive. Now, I know the language can get just a wee bit confusing, but to quote her here, this great woman, quote, I think this is just another example of Andrew Cuomo trying to figure out what a progressive sounds like and missing by a mile, end quote. Well, a progressive. Uh, I don't know about you, but I expect that you have some in your family, extended family, who consider themselves progressives. But what's being referred to, and progressive, all it is, it's another name, instead of liberal, is progressive. It's leftist. It is those who embrace the agenda of the left. And, but what's being referred to now, interestingly enough, as being progressive is these that are actually communists. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's where it's gotten to, is that now to be a progressive, you have to be a communist or the next thing to it. And you're not some mainstream, older-line Democrat. These older-line, mainstream, Democrat political hacks that for decades and decades and decades have exploited various interest groups and demographic constituencies and have counted on their support and have just, you know, claimed to be serving them and have made great political hay from eliciting their support. Well, instead of those mainstream Democrats like the Nancy Pelosi's and Chuck Schumer's and Hillary Rodham Clinton's. Now we have these new progressives. Not the old progressives, the new progressives, okay? The communists. And so, and this has actually been brought about, I, you know, to considerable degree by Bernie Sanders, who is not exactly uh, a chick, you know, not exactly a youngin'. Okay, he's up there in years, but this is his grassroots movement, populism, which is of the communist variety, even though he doesn't claim to be communist, doesn't advertise himself that way and so forth. Nonetheless, it's left of left. It's not left of center. It's left of left. So... Dear old Hillary is doing like Andrew Cuomo. And this just shamelessly, you know, they'll take advantage of any opportunity they can. So this little girl, 11-year-old girl, back in February, she wanted to protest the evils of sexism and racism in America. An 11-year-old girl. That makes sense, right? 
<laughs> you know, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I think th- this is another Meghan Markle, right? Uh, so 11 years old, so she decided to protest by taking a knee during, yes, the Pledge of Allegiance in grade school. Which, interestingly enough, was referred to, it refers to her as being a middle schooler. No, 11 years old. But her teacher reprimanded her in front of the class. Oh, my gosh. So she didn't grab her hand and drag her out of class and reprimand her there. She reprimanded her in front of the class. Oh, my word. And uh, Mariana became upset. Well, the incident caught the attention of the American Civil Liberties Union. Oh, my gosh, that's so great. That was in May. This happened in February. ACLU got involved in May. Now we're in August, and guess who comes to her defense? None other than the greatest, most heroic champion of women and girls and young women that there's ever been. Yes, Bill Clinton's apologist, co-president Hillary Rodham Clinton, who ran his war room at the White House for eight years. She was the most vicious attacker of the women that he had raped and that he attempted to seduce and exploit the most vicious attacker of them, of the entire Team Clinton, this wonderful champion of women and girls everywhere. So she has come to the aid of Mariana. Quote, she tweeted, quote, it takes courage to exercise your right to protest injustice, especially when you're 11, exclamation mark. Keep up the good work, Mariana. Nothing like, again, using this to pander shamelessly to demagogue to show that you are a young, new progressive and that you, of course, deserve the support of these people to run for president again. Can't wait for Deer Hill to bless us with the opportunity to elevate her and promote her to the presidency. Well, in the previous program, I referenced Walter E. Williams' column in the Daily Signal titled, Colleges, A Force for Evil. Interestingly enough, Walter E. Williams is a university professor of economics at George Mason University. And a brilliant fellow. and uh, But anyway, his column attested to the intellectual lies and evils and distortions and propaganda and indoctrination committed on college campuses across this nation by professors, associate professors, assistant professors, adjunct professors, chancellors, administrators galore, and the whole machinery 
of the bureaucracies of these universities, and of course by their backers, their boards, and so forth. Well, one professor I'd failed to mention, there are so many, I mean, honestly, it could fill every program that I do just to mention these outrages from these communist professors and Islamofascists and others. And back a ways now, back at the time of the death of Barbara Bush, back in April, this professor, professor at California State University, not a UC school, but California State University at Fresno. She had a message that she needed to put out there in front of the American people and the world at large. And she said the following. Now, this woman, this professor is a creative writing professor. And you might gather that from her writing here in her tweets. But anyway, quote, Barbara Bush was a generous and smart and amazing racist who, along with her husband, raised a war criminal. End quote. Yes. This from Randa Gerard. And she also tweeted, quote, I'm happy the witch is dead. Can't wait for the rest of her family to fall to their demise the way one and a half million Iraqis have. Bye! End quote. And she just went on and on and on, this sick, sickening individual. But here's one. She claims that these comments are an example of, quote, what it's like to be an Arab American, Muslim American woman with some clout online expressing an opinion. Yes, wonderful stuff. Okay, and you know, I have no doubt that uh, Mariana may grow up to be as as outstanding as as Ms. Girard, Mariana being the eleven year old whom I previously referenced. But speaking of Muslims in America, Islam in America, President Trump. I'm sure you probably saw this, heard this, that he revoked the top-level security clearances here of John Brennan, the former CIA director under Barack Hussein Obama. John Brennan, yes, John O. Brennan, who again converted to Islam while he was in the Middle East. Well, Brennan said the following, tweeted the following, quote, 
This action is part of a broader effort by Mr. Trump to suppress freedom of speech and punish critics. It should gravely worry all Americans, including intelligence professionals, about the cost of speaking out, end quote. And then again, quote, my principles are worth far more than clearances. I will not relent, end quote. And then he, he tweeted some more today. But, yes, his principles, his Islamist, Islamofascist principles, which should have kept him from ever being promoted to the hierarchy of this CIA, let alone numero uno position. Should have. But, of course, we can't do that because even if, and it is, even if Islam is utterly, totally dedicated to the annihilation of Christianity and Jewry and Israel and the United States of America and Western nations, formerly Christendom, we need to incorporate these champions of Islam, such as convert John Brennan, into the highest level, most sensitive positions in the nation. <laughs> Where he can endanger vast, vast multitudes. Speaking of Islam in America, perhaps you saw the other day, a wonderful, outstanding example of a judge, a woman judge, eighth, not that we don't have so many horrendously bad male judges, but 8th District Judge Sarah Bacchus. She, last I saw, was releasing this gang of Muslims consisting of five adults with 11 children, children ages 1 to 15, at least two of those children who have been trained to attack, to violently, murderously attack schools, banks, and other institutions, to attack the people, not the buildings, to murderously attack, to seek to destroy those at schools, banks, and other institutions. What were they arrested for? They were arrested for kidnapping and causing the death of, killing, murdering a four-year-old who is the son of the leader of this gang and the grandson of well-known Muslim imam at the Al-Taqwa Mosque in Brooklyn, New York. This boy who would have turned four years of age last week, he was taken from his home in Georgia in December, and since that time a nationwide search had been underway, and he was located at this compound in Taos, New Mexico, that was set up by the imam's son, Siraj Ibn 
Wahaj. Well, this dear daddy caused the death of this little boy who had not reached the age of four. And he told the children that this little boy that he killed, who was his son, would be resurrected of all things as Jesus, but not the Jesus of Christianity. A very, very different Jesus, even though supposedly the same. And that he would identify corrupt institutions and people for them to attack. Teachers, military and law enforcement officials, and financial institutions. And the children were given tactical training on how to clear rooms and how to shoot firearms. And now this woman judge has released them. I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. After all is said and done, then we will know, won't we? But perhaps we can know now if we choose to. Thank you. Thank you.